Welcome to Hal's Hit List with Hal Williams and Charlotte Hembrick. Today's podcast will salute the billion dollar man, comedian, singer, and actor, Eddie Murphy. Hi, welcome back. This is Hal's Hit List. I'm Hal Williams, and I'm joined today by my co host, Charlotte Hembrick. Hello, the, uh, hello. All time. So happy to be with you. Yeah, we're glad to have you because you're my rock. You know that. This is an <laughs> Emmy Award-winning producer and veteran for many, 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 many. She's not that old. She's fine. Yeah, know, right? I'm the old one. I'm the old forgetful one. But today we're going to talk about Eddie Murphy. Woo! Uh, Bring it. <laughs> where he's come to, where he's been, and what he's done for everybody, for the industry, for all of us. And uh, uh, Charlotte, let's get into it. The persona I think that people have of him is that they probably think he's funny all the time. Now, in your Hollywood experience, you know, in general, meeting comedians, um, do you find that to be the case with comedians? Uh, no, not really. Well, sometimes, like when I worked for six years with Red Fox, mm-hmm. Red was funny most of the time, unless he's talking to the producers, that's when he was serious. But I only met Eddie once, and uh, I didn't have a chance to go into an extended conversation with him. I liked him and I always liked him, and I told him that. But somebody interrupted me, and then I got twisted. I never got to do any more conversation with him. But I have tried to follow him uh, through his career and loved him like everybody else and thought he was extremely funny. But I do know that a lot of the guys that are funny on camera are not funny off camera. And uh, they really uh, try to avoid conversation. Uh, they're just the opposite of uh, what you would think. It's like the villains are the nice people and the funny people. The funny people are the ones that at times are not so nice and don't want to be bothered. So it's, it's, that's the way I feel about it. Right, right. Well, he was lovely, kind, quiet, reserved, shy, the few times you know that I've been around him, but once he warms up and he's around his family and his friends, then he, you know, you, he just he's on a roll. He is just on a roll. Um, and the the one thing that that you know every time I run into him, you know, he hasn't changed one bit. It's always the same. He's every bit of a family man. He has you know quite a few children. Um, and he's always talking about his children and he, you know, he brings them, you know, to the premieres with him. And uh, he seemed to, you know, really make all of his children feel special, right. which I think is, 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 it shows character, you know. Very much so. Uh, I, was, I was shocked because I didn't realize he had 10 children. Right. <laughs> To a couple of weeks ago, and I said, "What ten? <laughs> and I said, "Yeah, you got ten kids." But uh, uh, I know how proud he is of them, and I and I just just by hearing that and knowing that uh, they're a, uh, a real cohesive family group, you know that, that uh, he's very proud. They're proud of him, and uh, it's it's not. Uh, uh, I didn't hear anything negative about anybody in the group. You know, in, in Hollywood. You can say that's kind of unusual, you know, <laughs> that they're normal, nice people, good family characters and all that, and a caring uh, uh, family surrounding. So I was glad to find that out. I didn't give it with 15 because uh, uh, I know I, I came to Hollywood with just three. So I can't imagine him having 10. <laughs> I know. And, and what do you do when they want to get into the business? 
it's like, you know, you know how hard it is, and you know, the disappointments and the encouragement, but you've had a pretty steady career yourself. But I mean, what do you do when your kids want to get into the business? Well, all three of my kids wanted to get into the business. I did not want them in the business, but I did not want them denied the opportunity. One took advantage of it, listened to him and joined the military and became <laughs> an officer and stuff. And it, but he was in uh, Taps in Blue, which is an entertainment for uh, a, a group in the Air Force. Okay. My daughter was in The Great White Hope the, before I was in a movie. She was in The Great White Hope with James Earl Jones. And my other son was majoring in, uh, in filmmaking and acting when, uh, when we lost him. So, uh, but I have tried to support whatever they wanted to do. And when it came to that, I said, I would not deny them the opportunity to at least get their feet wet and try. But I would try to be as protective as possible and give them any information they care to hear uh, uh, as they move, moved along their way to success. But as I, when I talk to any kids that want to get into it, I encourage them to understand that overnight sensations take 25 years. All right. Okay. Good advice. That's for sure. Um, so Eddie, the performer, most people were introduced to Eddie Murphy on Saturday Night Live. Saturday Night Live was starting to lose its sort of uh, appeal. And when Eddie showed up on Saturday Night Live, he revitalized that show. Yeah. And people really came back and started watching it again. Do you have a favorite character that he did on Saturday Night Live that you uh, still laugh at today if you were to see it? <laughs> not really. I'll tell you, I was in a series at the time. Mm -hmm. And at the time, I was the only Black member in the cast. And the girls and the rest of the cast was female. And they were just one girl, Lisa Roger, was going on and on about Eddie Murphy on Saturday Night Live. Eddie Murphy. I said, who the hell is Eddie Murphy? <laughs> <laughs> this is in 1980, 80, 81. And so then I had to go tune in because I had not been following the show. And I was just overwhelmed. I said, this guy is crazy. They let him do all this stuff. He's saying he, that. Everybody loves him. And I said, what? He's <laughs> getting away. That, that was my introduction to Eddie Murphy. Right. Well, there's a couple characters I have to say. You know, the Buckwheat character, I mean, is iconic. Um, the James Brown getting yeah. into the hot tub yeah. and then he like puts his toes in and he pulls his toes out and he's like the hot tub. <laughs> that I still today laugh at. Um, his, his take on Mr. Robinson's neighborhood um, and Gumby. And I mean, I agree with you. I mean, he really pushed the envelope. Yes, he did. He, he set the groundwork for Chris Rock and, you know, some of the other comedians that came after him. Um, I, I was shocked at some of the things he got. Well, his range of characters, his range of characters overwhelming. Oh. I mean, it's just the things he can do. And I was really said he started out when he was 15 years old, imitating people, you know, and in the schoolyards and playgrounds and stuff like that. So that that, that's what's been amazing to me. Exactly. But now he did attempt to, you know, sing. Uh, sing? <laughs> you remember when he tried to, you know, be like a Michael Jackson or he actually <laughs> collaborated with Michael Jackson. What would, you, what would have been your advice with regards to his music career? Well, don't quit your other job. <laughs> <laughs> Stay with what you know, right? <laughs> Stay with what you know. Um, so, you know, then, um, 
you know, he's a huge box office success. You know, everybody loved coming to America, but I'm gonna go over a little bit of his box office success because tell me what it's like if you make money for Hollywood, like you did, and advertisers are lining up, you know, to be a part of your show 227, how much clout does that give you? Does that give you a lot of power? Because he's got some impressive numbers. Well, it depends on what your style is and what they like. They, they, they're subject to want to, uh, to be more generous if it's something they genuinely like themselves from on the personal side. But also the business thing comes to how much can you generate for them? You know, I, I applaud Eddie because uh, aside from just finding out he had 10 kids, anybody that's had the kind of success he's had on, on in film and stuff. You gotta be a very good businessman to have staying power. And he's had ups and downs. He hasn't always had hits and yet he's prevailed. He comes up with stuff and they don't hesitate to wanna jump on or at least find out what he's all about. Uh, other times they don't even wanna hear from you again after they use you up the first time. You know, but he's had staying power. Uh, when I saw him uh, on camera the other day, he was saying that he's definitely going to do come back to stand up because he enjoys the electricity from the audience. I understand that being brought through the business in theater was my beginning. There is an electricity. The audience lets you know what works and what doesn't work. And you're out there by yourself. They're the barometer, you know. But I feel you have a lot of clout if you're giving them what they want, if you're holding the ratings, and that gives you power to negotiate. He has had to be greatly represented by some shrewd business people, financially and theatrically, to as last as long as he's lasted and still be on top and take care of a very large family, let alone himself. Well said, well said. Well, he's brought billions, billions to Hollywood. Sure. I mean, Shrek 2 made 441 um, million dollars. Beverly Hills Cop, Oh, yeah. um, in yeah. 1984, that movie made $234 million. I mean, that puts, that puts you on top of the world. And then he came back with a sequel that made another $150 million. Then he started, you know, um, doing those um, universal movies that uh, he was doing remakes like Dr. Doolittle. Yeah. The Nutty Professor. The Nutty Professor. I love those. Exactly. Yeah. And I'm sure he got a lot of pushback for wanting to take on those iconic movies and put an African American in those roles that Jerry Lewis made so famous. Right. Right. You know, and then we get to coming to America and, you know, a darling, a darling um, that it took years and years and years before he decided to come back and make the sequel. So you saw it. What did you think? Uh, he put his daughter was in it. What do yeah. you think about it? Yeah. Oh, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I can't, I, I was thinking the other night, I, I think I, a little bit, I enjoyed the, the original more than this one, but it might be because there were certain dis, different people in this one, but the energy, that he brought to it. And then there was other people that came back, John Amos, James Earl Jones, folks that I remember from the first, and people that I had personally interacted with and stuff in that movie. Uh, I enjoyed it. I thought it was, I thought it was a great movie. And, and uh, 
successful for him and coming back, coming back after such a hiatus on his self-imposed, I guess. He just didn't want to work anymore, wanted to do everything with his family, devote his time to them uh, to come back with that and have it come off so very well. Uh, I think it, it, was, it was just a perfect experience. I enjoyed it. The fact that they're, they're, they're doing a lot of things that studios would not do before. Uh, that's why I applaud the opportunities for young filmmakers, people coming along now who have places to pitch their ideas and have them accommodated and uh, at least supported to see if they'll work and things like that. Um, uh, and the numbers that it brought in, you know, true to Eddie Murphy's style. Because, I mean, well, he's been missed. Right at the numbers. I had no idea what they were, but I'm not at all surprised. And also, too, coming off of COVID and, you know, yeah. um, political unrest, right. you know, around the country, I think the country really just needed something light tiny, tiny. Funny and, you know, making fun of, you know, just life in general. I think it was needed coming yeah. off of, you know, so much isolation um, and hate. And, you know, it's like, okay, we can do this. Were you surprised at so many major actors you know, participated, like you were saying earlier? No, no, uh, uh, I was surprised. <laughs> I was, I enjoyed him. I was surprised with Wesley, because <laughs> he was a hoop. <laughs> he was a hoop for me. I never seen him that bizarre. You know, I see him in a lot of stuff, but he looked like he was having a hell of a great time, you know, but no, even James Earl, like that, we've worked together and stuff. And uh, uh, everybody seemed to be, it seemed to be a, uh, 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 just a happy experience for everybody there. It's the kind of thing that you don't find that often where people can't wait to come back to work the next day, you know. They, How they, about they all have, the different, you know, all the different characters he plays in Arsenio Hall oh, plays. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it was Coming to America, the first one that, you know, really helped Arsenio Hall, um, you know, with his career, unfortunately. Um, He's had a lot of ups and downs right, with his career right. and Wesley as well. Yeah. So yeah. to see both of them who did not have that sort of consistent um, success that Eddie had, to see him, you know, bring them together like that and to, you know, cast his, you know, daughter in the role as his daughter. Right. And I thought she did daughter. an excellent yeah. job. Oh, excellent. Super, 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 super. Super, super job um, in doing that. Um, there's, there's also a movie... Um, that Eddie did a really small movie um, that I want to touch on. But before I do that, um, what about Dream Girls? I mean, you've done comedy, you've done sitcom, you've done serious, serious plays. Um, do you think that was a good move for him to, you know, try to get out of that comedic role and to go into something more serious? Uh, I think. I think it was worth a shot. I really do. Uh, I think he should have done it. I don't, I, I'm sorry it didn't work out as, as well as he would have liked. Uh, I, I was, uh, I've always been, I don't like to use the word, but in my career it's been done a lot, pigeonholed. I don't like anybody to be pigeonholed into anything. And if you're in a position, I found out when you're, when you're in a position of favor, go for it. I don't care what it is. If you're in a series, whatever projects you got in the cupboard, pull them out. Whatever projects your friends got, pull them out. They'll let you do them then because that's the best <laughs> When you have that power. Well, you got power and you're making money for them. They won't say no. Even if they do it and put it on the shelf, 
you know, so I think it was a good move for him, and I'm, I'm just sorry that it didn't work out. I, uh, before you go, well, go ahead. Well, he did get an Oscar nomination for it. So, I mean, yeah. he didn't win the Oscar, but he got a nomination, yeah. um, you know, so, uh, you know, maybe he'll try it again. I'm not sure. What were you going to say? I did, I'm sorry. Well, I, I, I know you're going you're gonna to say the same thing I was going to say, so I'm going to let you see it about this other small movie that he did. Oh, I yeah. Stumbled on, I stumbled on it one day. I had no idea that he had done this movie. And, you know, I was sitting with my aunt um, and my dad and, and, you know, we were talking about the fact that one of the episodes that we were going to do was going to be about the black church. And right. I said, but before we do that, we're going to do something a little lighter, low lighthearted with about Eddie Murphy. How did you stumble upon it? Tell me that, that we'll share with the audience what it's about. I was sitting at home one afternoon because I live alone and uh, bored and I was surfing around trying to find something to watch. And I saw Mr. Church with Eddie Murphy. I said, what, Mr. Church, what the hell is Mr. Church? So I clicked on it and, and, and started to watch it. And I'd never seen him do anything like this. And I, I, was, I was just taken aback. I was in shock damn near. I enjoyed the hell out of that movie. And uh, the fact this guy, is, is uh, because of, he'd been taking care of this lady and in her will, she wanted him to stay on board with the family, support them, cook for them and all this stuff. And I, I looked at that and I said, wow, why didn't anybody else say anything about this one? I haven't heard anything about it ever, Charlotte, anywhere. And I said, how did it get out and nobody say anything about it? Because I thought he was fabulous. I thought- The movie's fabulous. I thought he took a lot of chances in this movie. Yes. Um, it was sweet. And then to find out it was a true story. Yeah. And the, the name Church, I mean, it, it wasn't necessarily about a church. Church happened to be his last name. Yeah, Henry Lewis Church. And um, he just, you know, he took care of the struggling family and, um, and they fell in love with him. And it's a white family. Right. And I just remembered um, when... Everybody was so upset, like, you know, when Denzel Washington, whether or not he was going to kiss Julia Roberts or not kiss Julia Roberts, or whenever there was sort of like an interracial, <laughs> you know, anything. And here he is, you know, a father figure to these kids. Um, it, it just was really sweet and shocking and different. Um, and I agree with you 100%. Why, why do you think, why do you think it didn't get... Uh any accolades or any more attention than it did at the time? Well, it was released in 2016. 16, and, yeah. and as you know, that if for whatever reason, if it's the editing process or if it's some disagreement with regards, Eddie doesn't do a lot of publicity for his films to begin with. I mean, yeah. he's not one of these people that go on a ton of TV shows. Um, he's very limited about the amount of press he does. And it, I just feel that there may have been some sort of falling out maybe, and I'm yeah. just speculating and that they decided they weren't gonna put any money behind it. Well, you're right because now with coming to America too, I've seen him do more interviews and on camera stuff in the last, in the last three months than I've ever seen him do before for anything else. You're absolutely right. Uh, I, I just couldn't, uh, Roger Ebert 
thought it was, uh, he wrote a scathing review on it and said it was, uh, he didn't know why the powers would be even allowed Eddie or himself to even want to do it. And it was a bad decision and just went on and on and on and that the movie uh, left so many dangling uh things dangling that was he uh was he gay was he this was he that and, and being the musician that he turned out to be on the side and all kind of things that they picked they just nitpicked the movie to death and I couldn't understand why you know there could have just been some studio executives that kneel down to the power of the critics uh, right and you know as a film critic you get to see these films weeks and weeks and weeks ahead and they maybe gave indication that they were going to write a horrible review so that would in turn the studio backed off and so nobody knew about the film they just kind of dropped it with nobody knowing about it be in it you may have nailed it um with regards to the review yeah well uh it's it's uh it's something i'm worried about I, I wondered about i said how could this be they didn't see the same film i saw well, I'm happy know. we both found it and are able to talk about it. And maybe people listening, our audience, maybe yeah, go find it. it. Go find Mr. Church. Mr. Church. 2016, Mr. Church with Eddie Murphy. And uh, I had written uh, oh, uh, Natalie McCaughlin, Natasha McClure, uh, directed by Bruce Bresford, and write, written by Susan McMartin. Uh, three Academy Awards, that was something else. But yeah, find it, check it out, and you decide. Let us know <laughs> what Absolutely. you thought about it. <laughs> Absolutely. Was there anything else you wanted to share with the audience with regards to, you know, Eddie Murphy before we start, you know, going into what we're going to talk about next week? Uh, well, I just want to say that uh, praise Eddie, because I've heard things about Eddie that when Eddie takes, uh, takes on a project, he, he has demands. And I'm glad to say he wants, you know, equal opportunity for everybody on the show. He wants to be comfortable. He wants a diversified crew and special people and all that, which he should do. Uh, and any performer, uh, regardless of color, should do when they're in positions of power. Look out for the crew. The crew looks out for you. They can make you or break you. I'm always, I'm always tight with the craft service man and the, <laughs> and the props man. <laughs> I made sure they're good friends of mine when I first go on a project. But no, I, I think that Eddie has, uh, he's always looked out for other people coming along, you know, uh, even though I had heard somewhere that some certain individuals had criticized him for not doing that. I also have found out that he does it a lot. And uh, like, like Red Fox, a lot of people don't want to take credit. They just want to get the job done. Uh, I just want to say to Eddie, uh, uh, Someone like when I work with Red looks out for everybody, looks out for the regular folk, the folk that get the job done, make you look good, whether it's makeup, wardrobe, whoever it is. I, I love the prop man and craft service because I know I'm going to get snacks and I'm going to have the right weapons and instruction on how to use them and everything like that. Uh, that's what I think, uh, that's the reciprocal thing you can do with a crew to show them how much you really appreciate them. So I applaud him for that. I applaud him for standing up for himself. I applaud him for being sharp enough to take care of business and take care of his family and love everybody. Amen. <laughs> so now uh, we want to encourage you to come back and join us. And uh, we're going to do uh, segments on the Black church 
And we want you to make sure you catch up with us. Don't forget, don't forget, be yourself. Everybody else is already taken. <laughs> the Black Church, I cannot wait. Join us. Thank you for joining Hal's Hit List. I'm Charlotte Hambrick. I'm Hal Williams. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining Hal's Hit List.